You're listening to The Beltway Briefing, a podcast from Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies with perspectives from both sides of the aisle. Now for political insight and strategy, let's get started with your hosts. Hi, this is Caitlin Martin. I'm Towner French. This is Patrick Martin. This is Mark Alderman. This is Howard Schweitzer. Mark, you're back. Back. You're with us. Wearing Um, my Tory Pine swag, I'm back. Okay, very good. Mark, Caitlin, and Towner, we are uh, all together again. Patrick uh, is golfing somewhere or something. I don't know. I can't keep track of the guy. (laughs) But uh, we're back. Lots going on as usual. I feel like it's stupid to keep saying that, but I keep saying it. Let's talk about nuclear Ukraine or nuclear Russia attacking Ukraine. Let's talk about... Herschel Walker, and let's talk about the big news this week on cannabis or marijuana conviction pardons, mm-hmm. um, which is just fascinating. So let's let's start on Ukraine because it it is it is just downright terrifying. I mean, President Biden putting out a statement talking about the potential for Armageddon. Um, it feels like we're in. Uh, a very high stakes moment. It, uh, Putin clearly has his back against the wall. Um, I don't even really know what it means to for Russia to use quote unquote tactical nuclear weapons. I don't know what the impact. I mean, obviously, there's a direct impact on lives and property in the immediate vicinity. I don't know in the immediate vicinity. I don't know what the kind of global impact is. It can't be good. And it's it would mark obviously a massive massive escalation of what's going on in Ukraine, which obviously isn't going well for for Russia. Right. So Towner, what do you make of this and what do you make of the Biden response? Yeah, I mean, I, well, first of all, I I am struck by the fact that uh, that administration officials again had to walk back a Biden threat this afternoon, and and that's not a political statement at all. It's just he keeps getting out ahead of folks. Um, you know, administration officials were quick to say there's no change to uh, the U.S. nuclear posture. There's no change to any of our uh, threat levels and the like. But obviously, they continue to watch things closely. And, you know, the secretary of state was on 60 Minutes last week talking about these same issues. Um, and and I think it all comes from a place where nobody really knows what Putin's going to do. Things are going bad for him. That's great. We're happy that things are going bad for Putin. but. We have no idea what's going to come next. Um, And, you know, you talk about tactical nuclear weapons. We don't know how tactical their nuclear weapons actually are. Uh, They sort of uh, continue to develop nuclear weapons in a in a mutually assured destruction standpoint. So, um, you know, we have nuclear weapons that are varying degrees of tactical, uh, but we don't really know about theirs. Uh, We don't know about their hypersonic nuclear threat level and and so we can't detect an hypersonic mi- missile what it is when it's launched and that's a problem for the United States because they have to go on we have to go on alert assuming it's the worst but whether it's blowing up a city 
like Kyiv or something in the Western side of, of Ukraine, or whether it's using them from a battlefield tactical standpoint to, to try to disrupt the offensives of U- Ukrainian troops. I think it's it doesn't really matter. If a nuclear weapon is used, there is going to be a swift and severe consequence from the United States, and let's hope the rest of the international community against Russia for doing that. So, uh, but the question is, who has command and control? If Putin continues to, to be under attack at home uh, for prosecuting this war, where you know it's like the fall of the Soviet Union. We're we're dang lucky there wasn't a nuclear incident then. Thank God for Gorbachev, but uh, but we don't know this time around because there isn't really an apparent Gorbachev standing by, and. I mean, I've I've been thinking about the in the context of the midterms, the the October surprise, you know, that people always talk about and, and we've talked about a bit on this podcast. I mean, what I hate to even think about it, but what if? What if, Mark? Well, I hate to even think about it. I I have to say though, yes. It's unfortunate that a Biden comment had to be walked back once again. But I will tell you, well, hoping not to sound partisan, if that's even possible for me on this subject. Uh, I am very grateful that Joe Biden is our president in dealing with Vladimir Putin and Russia and nuclear weapons. I cannot think of anybody else, certainly in our party or in yours, Caitlin and, and Towner, whom I would trust more to deal with the existential issue that is on the table. So I wish he hadn't gotten ahead of himself, but I'm grateful he's there. I just don't know what on earth he can do about it. The the terrible risk is that in all of human history, nuclear weapons, atomic weapons then have been used once, two times once, and nobody else had one when that happened. We we have never in all of human history been in this situation, and that's that's daunting. I do want to clarify. I'm because his statement got walked back. I'm not trying to criticize Biden per se. I'm just I'm just trying to figure out the strategy of the statement, uh, the yeah. use of the word Armageddon more than anything else. Because I I'm sure there's some strategy behind it, and there's a little bit of. I think there's a little bit of Reagan here, like where he wants to have the Russians be a little off kilter. He wants Putin to be a little off kilter like Reagan did and and have them reacting to us and trying to figure out what we want, not the other way around, which it has been for the last couple of months because we've all been trying to figure out what the heck Putin's going to do. And so I, I like that. Uh, but if you're going to do it, do it in a coordinated manner so that administration officials aren't then walking it back because it doesn't it just doesn't have that flair of like that Reagan-esque, man, this guy's crazy, mutually assured destruction sort of thing. And maybe uh, don't do it at a DNC fundraiser or whatever it was. <laughs> so I, I'm but I'm pro I'm pro Biden, you know, being as forceful as he needs to be. He was very forceful in the in the run-up to the invasion. Uh, to warn ahead. The, the full of the administration was led by President Biden and getting the international community to get out there and, and get active on the issue, get prepared, 
Uh, hopefully stave it off, which obviously didn't happen, but he tried. He tried as hard as you, he can try as the president. Well, And, and hopefully yeah. this is the same thing. You know, he was in Florida this week surveying the damage from the hurricane, from Hurricane Ian, and he was caught on a hot mic saying, can I say the actual words on we our can, podcast? We after the fact. Can yeah, we? Are we on a seven-second delay here? Is we'll leave it to Bob and Dennis to edit if need be. No one Fs with a Biden. So, But what do we yet know what he was talking about? Caitlin, what? what do you think he was talking about? I think it was a very bizarre comment to be making to <laughs> hurricane survivors. Just like I think it was bizarre that he started his speech talking about when he was in a house and there was a, a tornado and how scary it was. And I just, I have no idea what he's saying anymore, Howard. Well, I, I think that's his foreign policy strategy. Yeah. No one <laughs> Fs with a Biden. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if he was addressing that to a hurricane or whether, you know, I, but I will say this, it had to be in the context of something because the mayor who he was talking to, who he said that comment to, yeah. laughed like crazy and said, damn, damn right, right back to him. And I thought, yeah. well, that was a, been a perfect statement. I don't know how it got responded because of the response. What a world. Let's switch gears and talk about something really um, exciting, like Herschel Walker and his Senate race against Raphael Warnock, Senator Warnock, Reverend Warnock and in Georgia town or you and I were in the peach state yesterday. We're we for the for the day. Yeah. Uh, like wearing matching uh, peach sweaters. <laughs> we we bought them in the airport, Mark. We were required. Yeah. Nice. They say Georgia, Georgia on my mind. <laughs> we made a uh, quick visit down to the peach state to talk to the people in town according to our Uber driver. Hmm? Herschel Walker is going to run away with it. But actually, it was pretty interesting what yeah. this gentleman that we were talking to had had to say. He he actually didn't even really care who was on the ballot, but he was pissed off because where he lives, it's not safe, and um, he blames the blames the Democrats. The Democrats have run these cities forever, and. I don't feel safe. They have cars racing outside my house and people being shot and noise all the time. And I don't feel like my family is safe. And And I blame the Democrats and I'm voting Republican. I don't even really care who's on the ballot. I'm voting Republican. I thought it was, I mean, we've talked about that stuff a lot on this podcast, but um, he, of course, then worried that he had said too much and if we were Democrats, we weren't going to give him a tip when we got out of the Uber. We told him he was he was all right. But um, anyway, that's just one person's perspective in a big state. But it was it was interesting. Well, I mean, I, I, it's, it's a toss up, which is insane because Herschel Walker's insane. I hope it's a toss up. I think we all know that polling is not to be believed, but to to the degree that we're actually crediting the polls, there's clearly a, a uh, 2% factor where people will not say they're voting for Mehmet Oz or Herschel Walker or J.D. Vance. So if it's a toss-up, if the polls are accurately reflecting a toss-up, I, I think I think your cab driver may well be right. Walker may be ahead in this thing. Well, 
I, I mean, Caitlin, what in the world is wrong with the Republican Party that they are putting Herschel Walker forward as their Republican Senate nominee in a state that swung the balance of power in the United States Senate two years ago? Well, Howard, let me remind you that the Republican Party writ large does not get to choose their candidates in these races. I'm sure Leader McConnell would really love if he had the power to handpick our candidates, but it was the voters of Georgia that chose Herschel Walker as their candidate. And I'm glad to see you all got out of the swamp and out of D.C. and out into what I love to call real America and heard an interesting perspective. Um, But I think, look, he is an imperfect candidate to a lot of folks. News like this, this October surprise, not all that surprising, but he's what we got. And talking about the news this week that he was accused of paying for an abortion for former girlfriend or correct while publicly stating that he is incredibly pro-life and against um any abortion good excellent talking point and accurate that the people of georgia the republicans of georgia chose herschel walker mitch mcconnell didn't but donald trump did isn't that the problem that the country is dealing with here that Trump has chosen Herschel Walker, Dr. Oz, J.D. Vance, and he's wait, been- wait, 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 wait. They're, they're not all the same candidate. No, no, no. And no. Trump chose David Perdue over uh, Brian Kemp in the governor's race, and Kemp won and that primary. So right. it's sort of an interesting, I think with Herschel, it's more, the name recognition across the state. He is beloved across the state of Georgia with his football career and the Heisman Trophy. And I think that one, honestly, is more Herschel than Trump. I mean, obviously, he's got the name recognition. What he doesn't have is the capacity to be a United States senator. I mean, I'm going to call a spade a spade. The guy, I haven't yet talked to a Republican who says that he's qualified to be a United States senator. I give your Uber driver points for saying he doesn't care who's on the ballot. That's that's the only way you can vote Republican in that election. It's frustrating. You know, it's not like we got to have better people on the ballot on both sides of the aisle. Both sides of the aisle. And we need to have less hypocrisy with Republican political men on the issue of choice. I agree with that and I'll leave it there. It is, it's frustrating. It's incredibly frustrating. I mean, honestly, the 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 election should be a cakewalk for the Republicans. And it and it isn't. I mean, Mark, Dr. Oz may be a flawed candidate, but he's a smart, he's a he's a very educated, smart guy. Herschel Walker. Yeah. Not fair to compare the two intellectually, at least. And Dr. Oz has other issues. But but a different Dave McCormick, Caitlin's candidate, I think, would be ahead instead of Oz being behind of Fetterman in Pennsylvania. But the, the people of Pennsylvania chose Dr. Oz narrowly, very narrowly in that case. And and he may yet be a United States senator. Well, it's, 
I mean, it's a circus. His his son is now criticizing him, Herschel Walker, that is, on yeah. social media. It's, oh, it's just, a total soap opera. It's a it's a it's a dumpster fire, is what it is. And we'll see. We'll see what happens. Towner. I love it. I love it. You like the reality TV of you know, you know, we are getting an elected uh federal body that is representative of the United States of America. And you know, we've had a long time in this country where we've been ruled by money elites. And well-educated so, you know, money elites. Well-educated money elites. So why don't we? Why don't we have a an actual pure? We've always held American democracy up to be this 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 beautiful example of exact democratic representation and average Joes coming and helping running the country. But it's never yeah. been the case. So let's just you know let's boggle it. Let's roll the dice be, because former Heisman Trophy winning <laughs> running backs are. Definitely representative of the broader population. It's representative of what the broader population mostly would prefer to be. A, uh, I have a friend who's, uh, I'll keep him anonymous here, although you'd know his name. He's in the polling business. And he likes to say, everybody is in favor of government of the people, by the people, and for the people until they meet the people. <laughs> That's exactly right. But maybe this is a people revolution. Who knows? Yeah, I'm all I'm all for the founding fathers being voted back to office. Listen, maybe maybe we've gone to a place where voting for the change candidate has gotten so looney tunes that you know some at some point we have to break this cycle. And I, of course, blame Obama for all of this because he was the original change candidate. But I also blame Republicans for taking on the change mantle. And then every election has to be a change. But that change goes crazier and crazier and crazier each additional election that we go. And, you know, we'll see. We'll see where it's at. And Trump showed us that you can pretty much do anything and still get elected to office. Yeah. To that point, though, can can. Caitlin, I think you make a great point. And the question in my mind that I keep asking myself is, can anybody else get away with that? Apparently. We're going to find out on on November 8th. I I guess that's true. Although, I'm I'm not sure I'd put Herschel Walker and Donald Trump in the same category in that regard. I would from the standpoint that that could be the race that determines who has control of the Senate. If it was some random House election somewhere and, you know, House House Republicans are going to pick up 20 seats or whatever, and it didn't change the balance of power in the government, then I'd say it means nothing. He's toast. But in this particular case, you got to go with it, because otherwise you you may in de facto be forfeiting the Senate. Well, and that's why it's still too early to to see this news reflected in polling out of Georgia. But you're seeing, to Towner's point, a lot of folks that are incredibly pro-life that are literally out saying, I don't don't care. This is about the Senate. This is about how he's going to vote. This is not about what he's done. This Bradley effect, as we call it in the polling world, not Bill Bradley, but Tom Bradley running for mayor of Los Angeles and governor of California. People... People are not admitting that they're going to, other than your Uber driver, I I think there's, I think there's a 2% Bradley 
factor in those polls, which uh, makes that control of the Senate thing, Towner, uh, much much closer to a jump ball than Democrats want to think. Maybe so. Maybe so. But can, Caitlin, can a Ron DeSantis, can these folks that are trying to run in Trump's image, can they get away with the kind of stuff that that Trump has gotten away with that you talked about? Well, I think it that's a tough question because it depends on the candidate, right? I don't think, one, I don't necessarily think Ron DeSantis is necessarily running in, in the vein of Trump. He doesn't okay. Anybody, can either. anybody else get away with, I, I think Donald I think Trump was broken. right. I think it's broken and I don't, maybe, honestly, maybe yes. I mean, it's, it is, I believe Donald Trump, I agreed with Donald Trump when he said he could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and get away with it. I I hope to God as much as, I hope that's just him. Because if it's not, and this becomes systemic, God help us. <laughs> we're never getting out of the, the, the cycle we're in. Um, and that's not a Republican or Democratic point. It's a where are we as a country point? And it's concerning. We've been there for a while. Uh, the playbook for a while, since like 2006, has been deny, confuse the issue, try to move on from the issue. And, you know, Trump used that playbook to the, the greatest possible effect. I mean, we all got to see it. It wasn't just in a House race or a House sitting House member or sitting senator, for example. I mean, this has been the playbook for a long time. and. It really only matters if two things happen. First, you get elected. Second, you get indicted for something. That's that's where the line is. The, the political parties still have a line. If you get indicted for a crime, then you're out. Uh, there was a blurring of the line where Democrats... Wait, wait, wait. If you get indicted for a crime in office, you're out of office, you're saying? Yeah. What if you get indicted for a crime while you are the hands-down favorite for your party's presidential nomination. I I still think that's a disqualifying factor for sure, but you never know. We're, we're going to find out in we're December out. when, when yeah. he gets indicted in the county you guys flew in and out of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, only, the only time that hasn't happened is really during Me Too when Democrats basically said we're getting rid of, of anybody who has like the Al Franken effect or when Republicans, you know, went after anybody who just basically posted a shirtless image of themselves on social media. I mean, that's those are like the two times where where that didn't hold. But guys, I I hope you're right. I hope when Trump gets indicted in Georgia in December that your party says, I'm sorry, but we got to we can't do this anymore. I'm and clinging I feel like to this. We're, we're missing we're missing the forest for the trees here. It's whether we're talking about Trump or whether we're talking about Herschel. I think the larger issue is people aren't voting for candidates for their stunning morality and their great character. They're voting for their policies because they feel so frustrated by what's happening in this country right now. So whether it's Georgia voters are going to maybe hold their nose and vote for Herschel because the Senate, the balance of the Senate is in power. Or those first or even second time Trump voters, 
that maybe didn't imagine he would do what he did on January 6th, but did cast a ballot for him twice because of the policies, not because of the man. And that's what I think we're missing here. Well, I I think you're right, Caitlin. And I think we talked about this last week, I believe crime and personal safety is very much on the ballot. It's, it's shocking what's happening in this country. It is, it's crazy. Like people's lack of feeling safe is, it's, it's just crazy. I I don't, if I may, Howard, I, I, you may, I think um, I see it a little differently, Caitlin. I don't think, no, 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 but it comes out in exactly the same place. I think most voters are voting against the other guy rather than voting for their side. I don't think it's the Uber driver. The Uber driver isn't voting for Herschel Walker because of his policies. The Uber driver is voting for Herschel Walker because he isn't a Democrat and the Democrats, to Howard's point, made his neighborhood unsafe. And I think I think we're at a place in this country where most voters are voting against rather than for. And and what that all means, I haven't quite put together yet. We'll leave that to Professor French. But I I really think that's where we are. I agree with you both. By the way, I mean, the Democrats do control the places where crime is rampant and it's their da's that are letting criminals out of jail with no cash bail that are then going out and within 24 hours committing atrocities and killing innocent americans it's it's insane what's going on it's 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 so upsetting but But speaking of that but i'll say that mark isn't republicans stacked the supreme court flipped flipped uh, Roe v. Wade. And again, we got into this last week with Joe, but this is this is the classic battle. Abortion versus crime. Who's going to win over the white suburban female? That's who's going to win the elections. Right. Agreed. And gas prices. We, we, we neglected to mention the OPEC news this week that was really going to impact us at the pump once again. And I think it's going to make a, another significant impact right before the November election. Probably in Saudi Arabia. So are, are those guys on the Saudi Gulf tour in favor of higher gas prices? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. You okay. can bet they're in favor right. of higher. Well, gas. Prices. I don't know who they are, but I'm against them. Yeah. Well, they can afford electric vehicles. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But speaking of criminal justice, huge announcement this week that President Biden is pardoning convicted marijuana offenders, federal. Nonviolent, low level. Right. Simple possession. Criminal possession, which is so long overdue from where I sit. And you you all are more involved in cannabis related policy issues day to day than I am certainly, but it's just startlingly unfair to me from where I sit that you've got legal cannabis all over the country and, and people sitting in jail for cannabis related offenses. It's, it's just, it's, it's insane. And so I was glad to see him do something about it, but Mark, give me your take. Long overdue. It was a campaign promise of 
the presidents should have kept it before now, should, should have been done before he became president, for that matter. It it, it was two things. It was the, um, the pardon of simple possession convictions, and it was the uh, direction to HHS and DOJ expeditiously to study the scheduling of cannabis, which is a clear signal that the president has evolved on this issue and that he's prepared to reclassify, maybe declassify cannabis. It was done 33 days before the midterms. There's no mystery in the timing. I don't think it has much political impact on November 8th. Maybe you pick up a vote or two here. It's very unlikely to break through as as an issue that moves that moves any of these results. But it is uh, a, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Unfortunately, the great majority of marijuana convictions are at the state level. And there are still thousands and thousands of Americans, mostly Americans of color, who are sitting still in jail for crimes that aren't criminal anymore in most places. But but it's always uh, the right time to do the right thing. And, and that's what he did yesterday. Caitlin. I think it, I agree with everything Mark said. It, it's interesting timing would have been, I don't want to say almost a little too late, but we had clients and folks that were focused on every day that, that this decision wasn't made with someone sitting in jail um, for a simple you know, possession charge. Uh, I think our hope is that it's able to help clear the way to move a big bill in Congress that's already passed the House seven times, Mark, um, and is included in a larger package, the, the Safe Banking Act, which would allow banks to bank some of this cannabis cash, which gets to the public safety issue and crime in the streets and the fact that these dispensaries in the you know 37 medical states and, and 19 recreational states are dealing in mostly cash and having to hire armed guards to come daily and pick up the cash and are paying the IRS with literally bags of cash. And we're seeing them be targets of violent crime all around the country. And there's a real, a real need to, to pass this legislation. And we're really hoping to see that it gets over the finish line, this Congress. And we're hoping that this news helps pave the way for that. Well, we shall see. Definitely, uh, there's definitely an election coming because the administration has um, done a bunch of things here down the home stretch that uh, they hope will uh, tilt the balance at least a little bit in their favor. It's not going to, I think everybody knows that the House is gone or believes that the House is gone, but they're trying to uh, put their thumb on the scale and it's, um, interesting times so it's going to be an interesting next 30 days that's for sure well republicans are very lucky too to a certain degree and i hope they appreciate their their luckiness that uh, president biden undertook this because otherwise they were going to to caitlin's point they were going to have to attach expungement to uh safe banking bill uh, that would that would properly deal with the banking system that that a number of Republicans support. Um, that was that was going to be the metric to to be able to move. You have to have a social justice component 
uh, included in this. And, and so President Biden actually removed that issue, thus making safe banking easier potentially to get across the finish line because that that political barrier for Republicans isn't necessarily there anymore. We'll see what what happens in the Senate, but that's my hope. So I hope to Towner, but don't as long as Senate Democrats don't overplay yeah, their hand. Right. We would like 10 Republicans to agree to allocate and authorize some money for the states to do an expungement. But Howard, I, I hear and I, I feel we're winding down and I just want to express my gratitude that we didn't discuss Hunter Biden's laptop this week. I'm sure I'm sure that no, Town and Caitlin- lying on gun applications, <laughs> We've moved on from the laptop, which is well, about me. Caitlin yeah. and Towner are planning on making that the theme of a future episode. Apparently the president's son is headed to the pokey, but okay. Yeah. If we had to bleep president's F-bomb, then there's no way we can talk about Hunter Biden's laptop. There is not a single thing on there that's that's podcastable. (laughs) Right. That is very (laughs) true. Literally, well, that might be why he was telling uh, the mayor down there in Florida. You don't F with the Bidens. That's right. So. So, Mark, let's let's end on this note. I want to know you. We had the uh, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement this week on Wednesday. Uh, I want to know if you atone for all the sins you've committed against Towner and Caitlin on the Beltway briefing. <laughs> I had a long list, but I didn't. I didn't get to that. You didn't get to that one. <laughs> no, I didn't get to that. Oh no. The good. The good it's thing is, you get a clean it. slate regardless. That was helping us. Fifty-seven eighty-three. This could be the year I atone. A clean good slate. We we get a clean slate. So. Yeah. Good. Well, I I reappeared, by the way, Howard, this week at the explicit and emotional request of Brian Flaherty, who who uh, also didn't atone on Wednesday for the things he has to say about Caitlin and Downer. But <laughs> yeah, but I'm pretty sure he wasn't in shul. I, I think he was playing golf with Patrick. I'm pretty ah, sure. <laughs> very good. Well. Towner, Caitlin, Mark, fun as always. Some fun, some not so fun, but uh, good discussion anyway. Fun discussion. And we will be back next week. Thanks for your continued listenership. And guys, have a great weekend. You've been listening to The Beltway Briefing, a podcast from Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies with perspectives from both sides of the aisle. Please subscribe to our podcast so our episodes are automatically sent to you when they are released. The Beltway Briefing Podcast has been produced by Hometown Podcasts and Audio, Washington, D.C.